podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Good morning, viewers, and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered Live. I'm Manners, of course, for those listening. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Good morning, Paul. How are you? G'day, Manners. Very good. Very good to be here. What a night. Great game of cricket. Looks like we've got our, our third host joining as well. And just on time, Jaleesa Apps, how are you? I'm good. Look at this setup. Look what I did. I don't, they turn out, they do nothing, but I didn't know what the lighting was going to be like. So I went to Bunnings and got oh, myself wow. some lighting. That's so awesome. I thought I would, but it, did, it didn't work. Anyway, oh, well, I, thought next I, time. I thought you'd be really proud of me, Menace, because I was turning my car into a studio. I am very proud of you. Where are you, outside the SCG or on the way no, to work? No, I'm outside uh, 10. Okay, nice. Well, a lot you're out of the you're out about. of the cupboard tonight, mate. You're not you're not in the um in the broom closet tonight. Well, it's not like one in the morning, so I don't have to worry about um, waking up in my family. <laughs> but I am thinking, Paul, that I'm uh, you know maybe a broom cupboard show might be in order after Australia play Pakistan tonight because that's going to be um a huge game. Well, yeah, at this stage, I'm I'm up for it. But at five in the morning, I'm I might cancel at the last minute. <laughs> My brain's already a bit uh, not working. Um, I actually fell asleep at the start of the game last night at 1am. Um, I thought, this is not a good sign. I was watching the game, thinking I was watching it. All of a sudden, there was a wicket and it scared me because it woke me up. I was like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but from then on, I had, my... Tr- I had no on, chance of staying up. I thought that um, I just, like everybody else, thought that uh, England had it in the bag and I didn't really think it would be a huge yeah. game so i uh i went to bed and chose to be bright and early awake for work but as it turns out it was a really good was well, oh, and she's so, gone that's julie's contribution thank you <laughs> well done excellent <laughs> didn't think it was I worth been like kidnapped or something <laughs> from a car um i think she's back see did yeah, i go you to did. see yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anyway because I feel like I'm going to get yelled at by manners. no no you're not going to get yelled at I'm so glad you've come did you have to ask permission from the South African guys to do this or did you just do it without asking uh, no of course I would ask their permission I, it, I asked the permission of the highest ranked podcast <laughs> good <laughs> so look let's get into it let's uh, wrap up last night's game i i got up this morning at 5 a.m and watched the whole thing on replay um and then we'll preview the the semi-final later on um but a huge win for new zealand revenge for the world cup final two years ago it was a delicately poised game going into the last 10 overs of the match with new zealand needing over 100 in the last 10 overs but from there they stormed home on the back of Jimmy Neesham, uh, Mitchell, Daryl Mitchell, the the find of the tournament for New Zealand, and a bit of help from Devon Conway. Uh, so a, 
you know, a terrific victory for New Zealand. And I guess, Paul, you know, you have to give New Zealand a lot of credit for last night's performance and on the back of being in the last World Cup final 50 overs and winning the World Test Championship. They're, they're an amazing cricket nation for such a small community. No, definitely. And the fact that um, I backed them at $8 when Jimmy, just before Jimmy Neesham came out, I'm like, if I ever met Jimmy Neesham, I'm buying him a beer. That was a magnificent watch. <laughs> when he smashed it all over the shop. Yeah, they've done well. I mean, particularly because they don't really play cricket, do they? I think they have about 11 players who play cricket, and that was the 11 that went out last night. Um, <laughs> now they're, the 11 guys too all, small to play rugby. That's right. Even their, even their, um, even their best cricketers are like, yeah, Oh yeah, I just I'm a failed I'm a failed attempt at an All Black, so I switched to cricket. <laughs> at least, but it's like how cricketers are just failed AFL players, so it's not a big difference. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, but that's <laughs> where, uh, Mitchell's dad was in the stand, and um, he's the former. I, I sort of thought of I thought I half recognised him. It's his dad looks younger than him, which is a bit of a um, which is a bit interesting. But um, yeah, he's uh, currently the New, the England rugby um, second sort of assistant coach or something. So quite interesting. Um, but yeah, really thrilling game in the end. It was um, um, pulsating beyond belief. And the whole way through, all the commentators were convinced that England was going to win. And that, I think if I'd watched it with the sound down, I would have given New Zealand more of a chance. But because they were so confident that 166 was a, a really good total and everything else, it just felt like New Zealand were, were going to struggle. But yeah, I mean. Julie, can you shut the traffic up, please? <laughs> I can't. I'm not joking. You can see why Julissa was scared that Menace was going to scold her when she's getting just in trouble minute, for the traffic. Slow down. <laughs> Are you happy? I am. Uh, so, so England was sent in. They made four for 166. Moeen Ali made a dashing 51 off 37 deliveries. Dawood Milan, 41 off 30. Liam Livingston, 17 off 10. And that got them to, you know, a competitive total. Some great bowling by um, Tim Southey, one for 24 off four overs. Adam Milne, one for 31. He got an early wicket. You know, Butler went early to um, Sodi, which was a big wicket. Um, and, and then, you know, New Zealand just sort of laboured in the first um, 10 overs, though. I think two for 58 going into the 10-over the, the break. And they needed well, over 100, then 109, I think, to win in the last... Um, 10 overs, and they did it with an over to spare. I thought, Paul, and you, you know, because you had money on the line, you'd have noted this. The 11th over, they come out of the break, and straight away the Kiwis get, I think, 16 off the 11th over. And from there I was like, okay, I think they're actually going to do this because it looked like the ball was coming on nicely to the bat. And then from there, uh, you have to say, when Nishim came out and hit those four sixes, uh, Mitchell, you know, then continued it. It was an incredible sort of swing in about three overs. Yeah, and there's a highlight where um, it was Nisham in the midst of his flurry, belted one, and it was looking like it was going to be six. And then Johnny Bairstow um, raced across, caught it, and live. I think because I was so sometimes when you have a when you have so much emotional investment in a side winning, you tend to think the worst of it. And I just thought, oh, he's caught that, he's thrown it back, and it's been taken. And I threw my headphones down in a little bit of a, a little bit of a fit. Um, oh. And then, I know, so it was quite, um, I was glad I was the only one sitting there. And then um, they showed the replay and, oh, Bairstow's knee hit the rope. It was like, yo, beauty. Six more. So that was the 17th <laughs> over and Jordan went for 23. 
And again, a huge over for New Zealand. And that's when they sort of stormed into favouritism. And you sort of really saw there why Tymel Mills was such a big, ex, you know, injury loss for England because they just didn't have anyone to come on and tighten things up at the end. And I was listening to the BBC this morning and Zaltzman was saying that Tymel Mills in the last, in the death overs goes for 7.75 and over, which is incredible. So they really missed him. And, and I think New Zealand really outclassed them. I don't think England were daring enough when they batted first in the first 10 overs. Uh, Butler getting out to a reverse sweep was a bit erroneous. I mean, it looks good when it happens, but I don't know. It was a pretty poor attempt off Sodi. And generally, um, you know, New Zealand deserved the victory. Yeah, I, I think that it's not, as a, it's not as pronounced as at Dubai, but it is a big advantage winning the toss at Abu Dhabi and bowling mm. first. And I think that... I think actually England played very well, as did New Zealand. I thought it was a, a really high-class game. And I, I think that England, they couldn't have done much more. I think that that they survived the early onslaught. They got a pretty competitive total. They had New Zealand under pressure. And, yeah, I think that Chris Jordan's over was a bit of a disappointing one. I don't know why they didn't give Moen Ali a ball. And I don't know why New Zealand only gave Mitchell Santner one over. That was a bit um, perplexing as well. Uh, but I mean, Liam, Liam Livingston bowled really well, so I think I would have gone for the spin towards the end rather than rather than pace on the ball. But I think that you look at all the games that have been played at Abu Dhabi tends to be if the, if the sides have been relatively evenly matched during the tournament, the side bowling first has won. Sometimes the side batting first has won when it's been a minnow um, up against a you know a high quality side. So I, I, you know oh, this is probably going to be a theme of mine throughout this show, but. I really do think that if the, the if the toss had been reversed, um, England would have won in a close run, one rather than New Zealand winning in a close one. Interesting. Yeah, I agree, Paul. And also, um, I still think, looking at the two sides, I still think England are by far the better side. Um, Why do you hate the Kiwis so much? Sorry. Why do you hate the Kiwis so much? Because I think they've I got don't, a really good I attack. Love them. I love I the Kiwis. I'm nothing. I'm more than happy with this with this result. But I do think that England are the better side, and I think um, the pitches have had a lot to do with a lot of results in this T20 World Cup, which I think has been a bit of a shame. Like it, it does seem like the one batting for the team batting first is you know at a disadvantage. So um, yeah, I, I that's been the one thing in the World Cup that I think it would have been better to have sort of truer pitches to get the, the results that probably probably England is the better side, if we're honest. I think that's so right. And I, I actually think it's a, a really real uh, detraction from the tournament. I think it's, yeah. it reflects poorly on the, the International Cricket Council that they've come to this. I know it was not, not the, the venue of choice, but we'll get on to the, um, tonight's match. But, you know, um, let me ask you this. If you were the captain of one of the sides for tonight's game and they said, uh, when you win the toss, we're going to add an extra little clause. If you choose to bowl first, the other side starts on 10 bonus runs. I would still pick to bowl first. What would you guys do? Yeah, I agree. But it's funny, Aaron Finch yesterday was asked this question about, um, because there's obviously a few people thinking the same thing, um, but he was asked the question about do batting, does is batting first, um, you know, is it going to really swing the game? And he, he didn't care. He said bat first, ball first, it doesn't doesn't matter, which um, I certainly don't agree with. And maybe he was just, um, you know, anticipating that, you know, he wasn't trying to put any pressure on if they had mm. to um, bat first. But 
uh, yeah, it was an interesting response. I, I wonder if the way that we're seeing it is the same way that they are seeing it or if they truly do believe whatever you can overcome batting first or whatever. Well, I think that's just what they say. say. I mean, yeah. um, I think but so. If, yeah. But if you look at the, um, you know, look at the results in this tournament at Dubai, um, I'll, I'll go through them very quickly. England beat West Indies by six wickets. You're, you're right, Jaleesa. Jaleesa dropped her phone. <laughs> the, the phone didn't flip. I did. <laughs> so England England beat West Indies by six wickets, so that's a thrashing batting second. India beat Pakistan by ten wickets. Uh, South Africa beat West Indies by eight wickets. Australia beat Sri Lanka by seven wickets. Afghanistan, Pakistan beat Pakistan by, Jesus, Pakistan beat Afghanistan by five wickets. England beat Australia by eight wickets. New Zealand beat India by eight wickets. New Zealand beat Scotland by just 16 runs. So that's the one exception of the 11 games where the batting side won first. And that's New Zealand who are into the final and Scotland who got thrashed by everyone. So you'd say that actually confirms the trend because New Zealand should have won by a lot more. Australia then beat Bangladesh by eight wickets. And the last two games, India beat Scotland by eight wickets and Namibia by nine wickets. So those two expected results. But I think that is, um, that's 11 games, even though there's one that the batting side won first, that confirms the trend. The odds of that happening randomly are well, one chance in 2048. So big toss then tonight for the semi-final. Well, let's get into previewing Australia-Pakistan. It's all happening. I guess, um, you know, Jaleesa, where do you think Australia need to do well if they're to beat Pakistan? Oh, I think no question it's our it's our batting for sure. I think we've proven we've got the, the bowlers that can uh, – that can get the job done. It's just our batting. It's it's so hit and miss with our batting, especially against a side like Pakistan that is so dangerous with the ball. I think we just really like we we could be out for eighty, or we could go wow. on and you know a hundred and sixty. It's Pakistan and Pakistan are just one of those sides where they could roll us really quickly. So I think the batting is where I almost. I, I really hope, really, really hope that we bat second because that will, I think it will be a bit of a disaster if we if we bat first. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the key for me. If we do bat first, I think we have to take a leaf out of England's book. I know they lost, but I think if you have the laudable aim of saying, well, let's leave nothing on the table. There's no point crawling to 150 and losing. You might as well go hard and, and, and try to actually get a, a really competitive total. I tend to agree with that, but not in the first few overs. I think it's okay if the ball is moving around a lot to be none for 20 after four overs. And, and that's that's all right. Uh, it's, it's the alternative is to have been, you know, three for 25 after four overs and kind of almost out the door. So I think they need to just consolidate a little bit at the top and then keep wickets in hand and in a little bit of an old-fashioned way and then really start to accelerate um, – you know, don't leave the run too late. Don't start. Don't start going crazy in the sixteenth over. Go then about the seventh or eighth over. Say, okay, we've got through the initial um, onslaught. Now we have to go out here and say we're not going to die wondering if we get if we get bowled out cheaply. Well, we had a crack, but the only chance we're going to get to to be able to win is to really start to push up to something one hundred and seventy or one hundred and eighty from here. Mm, would I you have guys to... have had a um, go? Would you would you have looked at changing? Um, the batting order, particularly perhaps to leave Finch out of this one, or do you think that would be too disruptive? I mean, because obviously he's out of form, but 
is it too disruptive to change that in an in a semi? I like that question. I'm actually, I think it's illegal for me to talk about batting order because I have such yeah. stupid opinions. Um, so I'll um, I'll preface it by that. But um, I, I would be tempted to bring up someone who's not going to get a bat in those early overs and say, well, um, Mitchell Stark's not going to get a bat. Maybe he should open up and just have a complete slog. Um, and if he happens to hit a few sixes, then so be it. But I think Finch's form slump has been slightly overstated. He's 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 going okay in this tournament. He's got a few runs. Yeah, so my concern about Australia's batting is if if we lose early wickets, uh, it sort of throws our plans out because they've got this kind of idea of a, a floating middle order with maybe Smith coming up if they lose early wickets and Maxwell batting after the first six overs against the spinners. So if Australia, we saw against England, as soon as we lose a couple of wickets, everything's thrown up in the air and it destabilises the batting order. So I think it's crucial Finch and Warner get us through those first, the power play. If they can get us through to the power play, even if we're only 40-odd on the board, I think that's good enough because then it sets the rest of the order. Mitch Marsh, Maxwell come in, Smith drop, Smith drop down to 9 or 10. Great point, mate. Bring up all a, the hitters. a really good point. Where did you get that idea from? That's exactly what, what I just said. I just said that in what? great detail. I said the yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we lose, but what I'm saying is if we lose a couple did, of wickets. Did you, did you listen to me or are you just, um, you're just saying it again? No, but what I'm saying is if we lose a couple of wickets, then they all of a sudden they think about shifting the order and it's destabilising. Sometimes did I don't you think say that? To yeah, you I didn't said the say whole... that. I, did. <laughs> I didn't hear that bit. You said they should go as hard as they can. I'm talking no, about no, like... That's, not, that's, that's definitely what I did not say. I made a, okay. <laughs> you, were, you were just thinking, Paul's speaking now. I'm going to be speaking soon. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> But, yeah, that's the problem. If they lose early wickets, then they start to do funny things like throw Smith in early. And then I just think that's the problem. They don't have a set order. And I think they could panic in the semifinal. Um, But then I also think a big part of our matchup is how our fast bowlers go against their top order. I have less confidence about how our spinners will go against their batting. So I think it's really crucial if we can just nab a couple early then I think it opens the door for us to dominate. But um, if they get off to a good start, Zampa doesn't have a great record against Pakistan. It could get ugly. be interesting to see if they bring Ashton Agar in. There's a lot of right-handers in the in uh, Pakistan. So, um, yeah, do you think they'll put him back in? No. I think that they're – I tend to think they've, they've probably just decided that this is the, the 11 they're going to go with and – for better or for worse, I would be surprised if they make any changes. I could be wrong, but I'd be surprised if they make any changes. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they should make any changes. Um, I think it would be. Yeah, I. Th- I think that they've got it. They're it right how it is, but it's just. Um, it, the only thing I would be tempted to have changed was maybe that top batting or top order batting, but that's just. I mean, Fincher's got. Um, 130 runs at an average of 26 and a strike rate of 120 during the tournament. It's not, it's not terrible. Mm. <laughs> Silence. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> no, but I just don't think they're going to drop Finch. I mean, it's the, it's the World Cup semi final. This is the team. Oh no, they, they, they won't. They they won't. Um, I was just wondering if. Um, no, they definitely won't. I mean, he spoke yesterday. He's he's definitely in. But um, so if, I just thought wondered what you two thought about it. I think Hum- Cummins and Hazel would match up well against the Pakistan top order. Um, you know, Rizwan, Azam. Uh, I think 
it, they could do damage early. Um, but, you know, Pakistan have got a lot of power down the order, and I'm worried then how, you know, I think they match up better to our spinners than we match up to their spinners. I think Imad, Imad Wazim and Shadab Khan for Pakistan, I mean, we saw Stoinis against Adil Rashid. It could get ugly again it, mm. for our middle order against their spinners. Um, so that, that's the problem for me. It's interesting um, looking. I just looked at their career figures just to, um, and in this tournament, if you just take their um, their top six, Pakistan in this tournament have an average strike rate of 158 compared to Australia 123. So that's a, a huge advantage. Um, I only took the top six because the rest haven't really had much of a bat. But if you take their top eight and their career records, Pakistan's strike rate on average 130 and Australia is 136. When it comes to the bowling, um, it's both sides have an economy rate of 6.6 in this tournament. And career-wise, um, Pakistan 7.5 for their five bowlers. And Australia, if you assume that, say, Marsh and uh, Maxwell bowl half the overs each, 7.6. So on those stats on their career, you'd say potentially Australia are a slightly better side, although it's taking probably um, reading too much into it to, to look at that. But look, I, I still do just think it's going to come down to um, whoever wins the toss is going to become an overwhelming favourite, which is really, really disappointing for the tournament. And that I think more of that reflection on the pitches will come out if, say, the final is um, Australia and New Zealand. You'll have so much, like, this. so, we'll be happy, the rest of the world won't be. And so I think more yeah. of the, the reflection of the whole tournament will then, that will probably become a little bit more prominent. Well, it could actually destabilise the future of cricket because what I have noticed on Twitter throughout this have been quite a few Indians saying, God, I'm bored by this tournament. I want the IPL to come back. And the fact that India have gone out in straight sets because they had to bat first against um, against Pakistan and against New Zealand, um, it's the sort of thing that next time that the rights are up, the, uh, the host broadcaster in India might say, well, we're going to pay a bit less. Um, and why don't we extend the IPL because it's much more of a, a tournament that our fans like. So it could have some, some significant uh, repercussions down the years. So who are you guys tipping? Um, ask me 27 minutes before the start mm -hmm. of play and I'll give you a very definitive answer. Um, there's rumours that Australia's champion two-up player has been um, in counselling Aaron Finch on what to do with the coin toss because that's all that matters. Um, you win the toss, you win the game. I'm not even going to watch it. <laughs> Do you think there's anything to the fact that Australia are known for being big match players and sometimes when we've come up against Pakistan in these big occasions, we've overpowered them? Do you, do you think there's that factor, the intimidation factor, Jaleesa? Uh, I do a little bit, although I uh, probably I would say Pakistan, I, I, funny that you say that because yeah, I see what you're saying, but Australia are underdogs going into this um, at the moment, so they're not actually going in as they would in the past as probably overwhelming favourites. So pro there's there's probably still a little bit of that there, but maybe less so than years gone by. Uh, I um, it's a hard it's a hard one. I think if Australia have to bat first, I I do think it's definitely Pakistan will win. Um, I it's yeah it's it, go you know we'll know I think we'll know 
a few overs in if it's going to go really dreadfully or if we've, we're going to have a bit of a chance at it. But, um, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Australia to win, but I wouldn't be devastated if Pakistan won. And I know I shouldn't say that, but, you know, if we were up against <laughs> England, I'd be really vicious about it. But I'd kind of like to see Pakistan do well. Oh, Jaleesa, oh. come on. <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing against. I've got nothing against Pakistan doing well. And as I've always said, if I have five dollars on them, I'll, I'll I'll completely flip. You know, that's that's how pathetic I am. But sitting here at this stage, just wearing my um, patriotic hat, um, I don't care who we're playing. I just want I just want Australia to win. To your point, Menas, um, normally it's the sort of thing I would um, dismiss out of hand and um, disparage you for and mock you for. But I actually think it's half a decent point that um, Australia do tend to be very good in tournament play. They do do the little things right. They field well, they um, they run hard, they dive well. They tend not to get overawed by the situation. So, yeah, if, if um, it, it wouldn't surprise, especially if we got to bowl first, if if suddenly um, a few big hits. And the, the Pakistan situation is interesting in that the, their two opening batters don't score all that quickly, but then they've got all the power in the middle order. So if those two openers go early and if the middle order come in, uh, it's a bit like Maxwell. If he comes in too early and there's a feeling like, oh, I don't know whether to attack or play in a more measured way that can be um, quite difficult but the one thing that I want to see happen is Asif Ali I can't believe that he doesn't bat a little bit higher up because sometimes they leave him too late but his strike rate in the tournament so far has been 248 and his career strike rate is 149 when he comes out to bat I'm going to immediately um, jump behind the lounge and watch peering um, at my laptop in, in fear because I think he's um, he terrifies me so, yeah, they've opened with Rizwan and Babarazan, and then they've got Fakazaman at three, Muhammad Hafiz at four, Shoaib Malik at five. And as I said before, I do think they are vulnerable to our new ball. I know you keep saying whoever wins the toss will win the game, but I actually think it's, it's a bit less of a, a factor in this semifinal. If, if Australia ends up being sent in and can get above 160, uh, really give us a chance. If we can knock a couple over, we can defend it. I don't think it's a, as cut and dry as it has been in the Super 12 phase. We even saw with this last game, with the New Zealand-England game, you know, there wasn't much in that result. You know, it did take a pretty great performance by New Zealand to storm home. So I think defending scores in the semi final is more of a possibility. I the only thing I'll say is you could do a, a... Sorry, go, Paul. You go. No, no, you go, you go. Uh, Oh, I think the key too will be um, really David Warner, how he goes, because he's sort of been finally coming into a bit of form and um, I think his impact and has maybe been underestimated a bit if he'd got early, out early in those last couple of games then um, would we have had the rest, would we have had the side to get it done? And I, I'm not totally sure we would have. So I think that... Um, I think that David Warner will have a big impact. And also, I have to say, even when he was um, his form was struggling, he was struggling a little bit with form, he was so good in the field. Like, he has been saving every run that he can. And yeah. his fielding has been incredible. He's like a machine. He's like a weapon. Um, yeah, they he say just that, gets um, to everyone. That he's, uh, he, he's, no, he's well into his 30s. And his speed across the sort of the, the, the short distance um, – eclipses all but the very best NRL players. Like he's he's actually really at an elite level. Like it's it's for for a, yeah. a cricketer in his mid thirties to be um, at that level is is quite astonishing. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable um in the field. I think he's the best in the world. Um the 
Venice, to your point, um, I, I obviously you can win the toss, you can lose the toss and still win the game if you bat first. I mean, last night England almost won it having to have to bat first. So that's where I think that's what Australia. I said. I just said that. <laughs> Look at you. Like an asshole. <laughs> Continue. Can we swear on this live? I didn't know that. I would have been getting all of them out. <laughs> Well, it's Menas who's going to be loading it up to um, the podcast app. So, yeah, f- feel free to swear um, so that he can, he'll can. have to go and, and do some editing. That'd be, that'd, that'd be fun. Um, I was trying to then, for a bit of humour, I was going to then immediately parrot something that Menas had said word for word, but I can't remember th- a single thing he said in the whole episode. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, I'm glad um, we're not in the studio. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, so what I'm saying is I'm trying to put something in there that if Australia, if, if the side batting first wins, that neither of you two clowns can go back and pull some audio out and make me look silly. So I'm going to say the side batting first still can win. I retract yeah. my earlier statement saying mm. that I'm not going to watch it. I will watch it. Um, but if Australia bat first, I'm going to be very nervous. But you just never know that they um, – I- I've got a good feeling about the game. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, so there's a question, question here from – what? Yeah, does Menes think the Kiwis can beat Pakistan in the final? That's from Matlock, Stephen Matlock. Um, I actually think the Kiwis are going to go all the way. I, I, I actually, I know Paul often um, wages on cricket. I actually put a little, um, a little, a uh, little bet on Kiwis yesterday to win the whole thing. I think they've got the the tools to do it, and I think they can beat Pakistan in the final. Um, You're ignoring the so fact y- that he's saying that we can't beat Pakistan. Yeah, I don't think we are. I think Pakistan are going to win tonight. I'm tipping um, them to win. I think 29 minutes a- to pull that bombshell out here. Well, we have no one asked. I mean, um, well, it's kind of so implied just, that if so you're talking it's about just, the cricket, you're entitled to give your opinion. <laughs> so you're definitive that um, that Pakistan will will win. I'm not definitive, but here's why I think Pakistan will win. I think Go Shaheen Sharafridi, um, uh, Hasin Ali and um, Harris Ralph can take our top order wickets. And as Paul and I have both said, if we lose top order wickets, it destabilises the middle order and then they start to sort of move things around. So I don't like that. I think Shadab Khan and Imad Wazim will cause us trouble in the middle order. Um, I don't think Zampa matches up well with our bat- their batting lineup. If you look at his record, he's only taken a few wickets in the T20 internationals he's played against Pakistan. Uh, I think they play spin better than the teams that um, Australia have faced in the last couple of games. So I think Zampa could actually get torched. And if that happens, then then it's, you know, Marsh, Mitch Marsh, Stoinis and Maxwell trying to make up those overs. So I think that leaves us exposed. And I think Australia have been given this false um, confidence. The West Indies were already sitting on the beach in that last game. They were in their they heads. Really they were drinking were. pina coladas and were having a dance. So you, you know, Paul or I could have beaten them. Then the game before that, Bangladesh. It was such a Bangla- joyful game. It was such a joyful game. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. It's a World Cup. I mean, yeah, that, I didn't that, like all the. The, the benefit match style I mean, for, for it was Gale and joy, Bravo. Though. Yeah, well, yeah, but Menes and I don't like joy. We're not, we're not in for not. joy. <laughs> we're in it for pain. Uh, I liked it. I liked that, you know, they were celebrating that there was, you know, their last game, Chris Gale's last game and Dwayne Bravo's. And I, I think I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I had a smile I on my face. Unseemly. 
So I think so. And then Bangladesh were awful against us. Bangladesh were awful. So the last good team we played, England, they absolutely were. smashed us. And that's what I. Th- I don't think we'll get smashed. I think we're playing a bit better than that. But I, I just think Pakistan have just got enough advantages over us that they can get the chocolates. One thing we do have is that I agree with you, but I think that someone like David Warner, even though they were teams to perform, a, <laughs> sorry, no, keep going. Are we on delay? That's okay. Keep going. <laughs> oh, I I agree with you, but I think. Um, Someone like David Warner can take, even though they were easy teams to to perform against, will take a lot of confidence into this game from that. And I, I really think he is the key. If we lose him early, I then I think we're in a lot of trouble. I think that um, one potential advantage we have is that although their pace trio is deservedly um, getting a lot of plaudits, they do have... Um, not the greatest career records in terms of economy rates that um, Ralph's economy rate in his career is 8.3 and even Afridi um, 7.8 and Hassan Ali 7.7. And during this tournament, Hassan Ali has gone at 8.6. I think that there is, um, if we can get through those first couple of overs, maybe throughout the, the rest of the innings, especially when Ralph and Ali have to bowl, that might be a time when we can target them. And interestingly, they've, their, their attack is five bowlers and that's it. I know they have others, I mean, you know, Mohammed Hafiz who can bowl, but they're pretty much um, nailed their colours to the mask. They're just going to bowl the, the five bowlers. So if one of them can get taken down, it could cause a few headaches for them. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I still think, though, um, Pakistan come in as, what do you think, like overwhelming favourites or just like? No, um, just favourites. Just favourites. Oh, it's, it's almost very, very line. But I don't think that they're overwhelming favourites at all. Last I looked, um, they were the slightest of slight favourites. And I think that's about I, – I, if I had to put my life on it, I think I'd probably put it on Australia. Um, just, um, you know, 51-49 um, is how I'd put it. Yeah, thank you, Stephen, for all your contributions. Condi Rice, big viewer here. Aussies will get rogered today. Mark my words. Is that the former um, U.S. Yes. Secretary of State? That's, yes, she's impressive. a massive cricket fan. Fantastic, massive cricket fan. I like her profile yeah. picture. <laughs> um, what about the um, Hayden v. Langer um, sort of subplot? But interestingly, uh, Hayden brought in another Aussie to the discussion overnight. I don't know if you saw, but he was quoted paying tribute to the late Dean Jones and the immense contribution Dino made to Pakistani cricket. Um, as a commentator and a coach in the PSL. So, um, you know, there's there's some interesting sort of um, subplots. You know, Hayden says that Dean Jones, you know, instilled a lot in this um, Pakistan cricket, uh, a new belief. And, um, yeah, it was quite a tribute from Hayden. The Hayden um, subplot is really, um, I feel like a subplot just for the rest of us because I don't think that Australia care. I actually asked Aaron Finch this yesterday on the Zoom. I said, you know, have you seen him around? What's it been like? And he said that he they had seen him. And then he said, well, it's great. It's great whenever other um, other Australian cricketers get involved with other nations. So I don't think they really think about it, to be honest. I think it's just, oh, yeah, he's doing that job and good for him. The interesting thing is that the articles that have appeared about the whole Hayden Langer thing, 
they just appeared by natural weathering and erosion. No one even wrote them. It's just like the world, <laughs> like they just appeared in the papers. It was just so obvious those articles had to be written. No one had to actually write them. They wrote themselves. Um, look, I, I think that, um, as I've said before, good on him for getting for earning a quid. I have no problems whatsoever with anyone um, earning money elsewhere. I would do the same thing. The only thing I would say is for someone who wears his Australianness on his sleeve so much and is so relentlessly, relentlessly Aussie, for him to now be uh, in the opposing dressing room plotting to bring us down, it's slightly distasteful. I mean, to talk state of origin, if Billy Moore, the famous one, Queenslander, Queenslander, if he was offered a job to coach New South Wales, he'd probably turn it down. Um, so I think that Hayden needs to wear his Australianness a little bit less prominently after this. No problem with him doing it whatsoever, but you know, um, that's how I feel. And I think he's probably been quite good for the Pakistanis. I think that he's, um, he is a decent mentor from what I, from what I can see much better than as a, a commentator. All righty. Um, should we all go around and tip the result tonight? You have to make a tip and you can't say it depends on the toss and then a tip for the tournament from here. Uh, Jaleesa, do you want to start? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, I will say Pakistan will take out the tournament. Like it. Win tonight, win on Sunday. Paul? I, I think Saudi Arabia. I think maybe by two goals. Um, it's going to be tough. <laughs> They're leading the group. Uh, really looking forward to the game. And I think overall the tournament, oh, it's hard to go past Brazil. Um, oh, but in the cricket, um, Australia. And to win the title, um, New Zealand. Oh, well, I just I'm wanted going to Pakistan. do a shameless plug that that matches on Channel Ten tonight. Not the cricket. About nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. The football. We can't say soccer. <laughs> Even That's though they Australia, Saudi Arabia World Cup qualifier for ninety percent of people have no idea what you're talking about. Um, uh, no, so, that is so not right. Well, we have an international audience. Do you think they're worried about Australia's World Cup qualifier against Saudi Arabia on the other side of the world? And then okay. um, China's in our group. That's one point. in the world, probably. Yes. More, more people will be watching that than this. <laughs> I guess they are the two biggest sports in the world, as um, Shane Warne likes to point out now. That's it's his newest true, fun That's his newest fun fact, though. He, he brings it up all the time. I, I mean, I, I wish it was most, true. But most of what Shane says isn't true, but don't. The second biggest sport in the world is basketball. As much as it grieves me to say, it's not cricket. Um, I wish that it was. It should be illegal not to be, but it's basketball. Thank you, Condi. Condi's on my side. Crazy Condi, I'm calling her. Um, (laughs) All right, so uh, Pakistan win tonight. New Zealand win on Sunday. The Kiwis, T20 champions, World Test champions, World Cup finalists. Uh, All of a sudden, we become the little brother uh, in the cricket world to them. That's my prediction. Um, and, and final question is, you know, there was an article by Robert Craddock yesterday saying that he thinks if Australia win the World Cup, the T20 World Cup, it will have a bigger impact than if Australia win the upcoming Ashes. And he says, you know, Australia are heavy favourites in the Ashes, blah, 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 blah. Jaleesa, what are your thoughts on this? Because I have some doubts about that. I, I doubt that too. And as much as I think winning a World Cup is important and will be more important uh, in years, maybe in years to come, it will be looked on in the records as, yeah, we if we hadn't, if we haven't won a World Cup, say in, you know, 15 years, whatever, that'll be a real disaster. So I guess if we were, this was our only chance, then yes. 
But um, no, I, I look, I still think maybe if it was in Australia, if it, if it was next year in Australia, for sure. But I still think more, much more people care about the Ashes. They really do. Like even talking, all talking to fans at the moment and, and people talking about the Australian cricket team, they're all talking about the Ashes. They're actually not talking about the World Cup. And that's just the reality of it. It is a really awkward time to watch the World Cup. So people are sort of just getting the results the next day. That A lot of people, unlike us, are not staying up and watching it. Um, so the reality is, no, I think still the Ashes, if we were to lose the Ashes this summer, particularly given have, having, having lost to India, it would be just disastrous. So unfortunately, I have to disagree. Menas, you kind of mischaracterized what Craddock said when you disagreed with him. Um, Craddock said it's a, it'll have a bigger impact if Australia win the World Cup than if we win the Ashes. And you immediately said, no, if we lose the Ashes, it'll be more of a disaster than if we don't win the World Cup, which reminds me, I did logic in first year university. I remember only one thing from it. There was a little statement. The mother says to the daughter, if you don't stop crying, I won't give you an ice cream. The daughter stops crying, but the mother does not give her an ice cream, but she has not lied to the daughter because she never promised one. That's the thing. Craddock is saying, if we win the World Cup, it will have a bigger impact than if we win the Ashes because we expect to win the Ashes. The, answer, the Ashes have already been penciled in. We win them all the time here, just about. If we win the World Cup, that will be totally unexpected. Now, I agree. If we lose the Ashes, that will be a disaster, much more of a disaster than if we don't win the World Cup. But you're not, you're not exactly saying what he said and you're arguing something different to what he said menace but what i'm saying is if we win if we win the ashes it will have a bigger impact than if we win the world cup i think if we win this world cup it's all well and good but i think what really matters is the t20 world cup next year on home soil when everybody's watching it's in our time zone if we crash out there and perform badly i think that would be different i think this world cup whether we win or lose has very little impact and in fact i think to bet if we win it has a negative impact because that's the in stupidest sense, thing that's ever been said on this podcast it puts more pressure that. on us going into the <laughs> home world cup next year all of no, a sudden we're defending champions you you have yes. me up until that point that is the most ridiculous you're you're being ridiculous now but yes. up until that well, point we, i have to agree i agree you with want us to, you want to us to not win this world cup because no, I want us to win, to win but I'm saying no, both things like, can oh, be true. No. We've won the World Cup, therefore we might not win the next World Cup. Like, you mean, Menas, that's crazy. I want us to win, but if we win, I think it puts a lot of pressure on us going into the home World Cup next year. That's all I'm saying. It reminds <laughs> me of the 92 oh World gosh, Cup. That's the most crazy thing ever. So you're saying, Menas, that if you had your, you're, 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 you're sad that we won the 87 World Cup. No, I'm not sad at all, but it put a lot of pressure as going into the 92 World Cup. Oh, God, that's the stupidest take. It's, I, I can't deal with this. Are you, yeah, you had me up until that point. To be honest, I think if Australia win the, this World Cup, I don't think that many people in Australia will care, sadly. I think cricket lovers, really diehard cricket lovers like us, will be thrilled. But... There won't be celebrations in the street. We won't be welcoming them home to a big party. We just, it just doesn't, I don't think it really resonates with Australians as much at the moment. I think next year will be totally different. If we win World Cup on our home soil, there will be really celebratory. It will be 
you know, a big deal. I don't, I don't think it'll have a huge impact if we win this one. I agree. No one's watching it. And it's only us and a few other diehards who are watching it. And there are plenty of people who are aggressively saying, you know, we only care about the Ashes. But we've already penciled the Ashes in. Um, if we win the Ashes... I guess I good. haven't. That's the thing. I haven't. I, haven't. I think I it's going to be a really ripping season series. I think it's much closer than people think. And I think but when we get in... Tape, we're not going to have a ticker tape parade if we win the Ashes either. We, well, if we're 2-0 we, down and we win the last three tests to oh, win yeah. three two. If, yeah, if, if it's if we're people, if and if there's if there's three ties the and if there's three they ties do. in a row, thank you, Condi. Yes, Condi. <laughs> she did write that before. Condi. I should put that there. <laughs> yeah, hey, convoluted. She's, she's nailed us. She's nailed us. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, look. Anything else you two want to add before we Condi end this broadcast? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Are we ending? Well, soon. Um, I like why Condi. Jaleesa... Is Condi giving us nicknames, though? Why is Talisa well, just... in a car? <laughs> well, <laughs> because this is Anything you two want to talk disturbed. about before we um, end this disaster? Uh, it should be a good game tonight. <laughs> really looking forward to it. And um, win the toss. <laughs> Can I just plug that I um, am doing another live at midday um, on the Supercoach um, BBL page? <laughs> oh, she's back. So, sorry. <laughs> what did you do? Did you kick me out? Yes. Been, I'm not having you plug the Supercoach stream on here. On no other podcast have I been booted off. Well, I wonder why I you know, do these. You didn't. You never plug our podcast on anything else, so you've got no, oh, no reason to be kicked I off. Plugged your, I plugged our podcast on so once. Many once things. the South Africans didn't even introduce you from the Cricket Unfiltered Jaleesa, podcast. Jaleesa, Jaleesa, yes, you've got to give him some slack. He's so nervous about the fact that Australia might win this World Cup and all the things that will do, He's just and the pressure for next year. The pressure. Oh gosh, it'll be such a disaster if we win be the World a hard Cup. Year. <laughs> So look, I'm on anyway, the mute now. Just ready. Go on the super. Go on the super coach BBL if you care about my B. Oh, the bloody. T- All right. I'm going. So I'm am leaving. I. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. Paul, have a great day. Jaleesa, hey you're a star. Uh, thanks everybody who've watched and listened. And we'll be back to Paul. You and I are definitely doing something tomorrow to review the game. Even just yep. after the toss, we can just call the result then if you like. <laughs> Yes. Okay. See you guys. Jaleesa. I, I'm bye. I'm going to tentatively book myself in because I would like to do that. Excellent. Yeah, we'll sh- send you the link. Maybe you'll turn up. Bye. Oh, maybe you'll let me in. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.